You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Vision Daily Briefing, live without a net, with Rao Pal, CEO and co-founder of Real Vision. Back to back, two weeks in a row. Welcome back, Rao. I'm like everywhere right now. There's my, my pieces on the crypto part, my pieces on Real Vision. I'm on the Daily Briefing. I'm every, you can't avoid me. I'm <laughs> omnipresent. I'm part of the exponential age. Indeed. Talking of which, rhetorical question, Rao, what are we talking about today? Should we talk about the bond market? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a nap. No, I, you know, what I wanted to do, I put that video out on Real Vision, um, which is really a Real Vision crypto piece, but it's, it's broader than that. It's actually for Real Vision itself because I wanted to get across that learning journey that I've just been on and I'm still on. I mean, I'm, it's reminding me, I learned something entirely new this morning alone that has blown my mind yet again in where this is all going. But I wanted to at least plant the flag because people have seen me on other podcasts, on Real Vision, writing stuff. I want to put it all together. So, right, here's my big picture view. This is what I think is going on and where we're going. Um, and it is very hard to keep up with because it is exponential. So exponential, you kind of in your mind think, okay, well, I, I know how fast this is and I, I'll just – Think it goes forwards like that, but exponential gets exponentially faster. Yes. So it gets harder and harder to keep up with how fast it's going. If we go back a year, let's settle ourselves back into pandemic. We're now this time we're in lock. We're all in lockdown all around the world, thinking what the hell's going on. The markets are falling apart, just finding a base, and we all start talking a bit about Bitcoin and what the central banks have to do, and we start figuring it out. You know, at no point are we having conversations about. NFTs and DeFi and all of the protocols going on and the metaverse and gaming and all of the stuff that's coming in the 12 months afterwards. But it's just like hit nuclear how fast this is all exploding. Um, and it's fascinating, you know, and obviously price has been a good part of that. And, you know, many of us have participated in this whole thing, but it's, it's, it's more than just about price. It's about an adoption or a migration to this new world. And that is happening at a speed I, even I'm surprised at. Yeah. If I had to sum up uh, that, uh, that recording in three words, it would be Bitcoin is macro. Yes, but not only Bitcoin. When the entire world's financial system and structure of money and value is changing at lightning speed to something else. It is the most macro thing you're ever going to live through. And I said that about the, the pandemic, but this is like an equal and opposite reaction. So we have the worst ever recession, pretty much in world recorded history, followed by this, a complete accelerated rebuild of an entire 
millennia old system of value. I mean, really? And it's not about, oh, yeah, I don't like Bitcoin. Yeah, I prefer my gold. It's nothing to do with that. It's, it's to do with everything. I mean, I mean, now you're trading equities that are listed on crypto exchanges because they trade 24 hours a day. Why would you not? We're now seeing you know, instant settlement rails. We're, we're now seeing all of these worlds colliding so fast um, that the, everything we understood up until this date of finance is changing. Yeah. So maybe so software is macro and it has eaten the world. Software is macro. You know, that's, that is that truer statement that I never believed I'd say because I thought that was a different world. Right. And yes, I could understand that technology was driving productivity and efficiency and other things. But I thought that part of it was the issue of the financial system itself and the mess that it was in was a bigger offset to that. And now we've kind of got that technology stuff that's going on and we've, we've created this parallel financial system at the same time that's going to free us of this other one. Now, it won't feel like that for a bit, and there will be a bit of a battle, but the battle, I think, is slowing the speed of migration to the new world. I keep saying it. It's like people have discovered the Americas, and how fast you populate it, what do you populate first? That's what's going on. People are migrating there as fast as possible. Yeah. So what does that migration look like? As it starts to unfold, how do you envision that occurring? Well, I mean, the answer is I don't know because it's going to happen to different people in different ways. Because the people buying the MBA um, NFTs, many of them aren't even thinking it's crypto. Many people are exchanging tokens in games. They're not thinking in terms of, oh, that's a cryptocurrency. So crypto is just something underneath the surface for some of this. When people have remittance payment rails, it doesn't matter that it's on crypto. Crypto happens to be the better solution for it all. Um, so a lot of people will come into this world without even knowing about it. Yeah. Others have come in purposefully with that sense of mission of the change of the system. Others have come seeking return on capital or protection of capital. So different people will come, or others have come for the intellectual journey. So people are migrating for a number of reasons. But interestingly yeah. enough, around it, people are leaving the financial system and rebuilding in the digital world at rapid pace. So, you know, Sam from FTX is a great example. Traditional Sam. finance guy, complete crypto guy. And, and I could give you 30 of those now. So many of the world's most famous billionaire hedge fund managers, they're just completely moved to crypto now. And I know I keep mentioning that, but I get more and more of them all the time. Um, so they're all migrating. So whether it's the student, whether it's the billionaire, whether it's the guy building his business, it's the developer, they're all moving. Yeah. And so it, it is really something quite profound. Yeah. By the way, one of the interesting things, you and I came to the same conclusion uh, separately, independently, and I completely agree with you, is this idea about NFTs. NFTs are not about collectibles. NFTs are not about CryptoKitties 2.0. You said it extremely well in the exponential age. It's about the tokenization of everything. Yes, yeah, so I've been bleating on this for about three or four years. 
just is slow to come. I mean, we've got tokenization of real estate to come. And what that means is you can infinitely slice an asset to allow many more people to, to participate and have equal rights. Right? That doesn't really happen in the world. So I could have a, you know, an amazing mansion in Bel Air and somebody else can't afford it. But when you tokenize it, everybody can have a participation in it. <clears throat> so, but everything is going to get tokenized. And that's everything from IP rights to communities, from insurance to rare assets, from supply chains to, I mean, I mean, everything. It's the exchange of all value. Um, and again, it, these, even I, when I heard that statement, exchange of value, didn't really understand it. But the more you think about it, it's like the software is eating the world thing. The more you think about it, the more profound it is. And the more it sit, you sit down with a glass of wine and go, oh my God, I can't get my head around this any longer because the more it unpacks. Um, and it's the exchange of value. And that yeah. is what it is doing. It's, it's allowing something to connect to the digital world that now is transferable and tradable. Whatever that is, could be anything. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And creating trust in a trustless system. Exactly, because authenticity, trusted authenticity um, on an asset is the, basically the creation of value. Now, there are, there are other elements to value. So, you know, a, any piece of random artwork put on a blockchain um, and made an NFT is not valuable. The NFT itself is not valuable. The actual thing has to be valuable. The NFT is a mechanism by which you can exchange or store uh, or transfer that value. Yeah. Well, I have to say my screen's lighting up with questions already. Usually they don't come rolling in until about the halfway point. Well, before we go into questions, so I'm going to tell you about, so I've just laid out for an hour and 40 minutes my whole, like, this is where we are. I get up this morning and somebody, the Real Vision bot guy, <laughs> yes, they put this, does, does anybody know how to build a website like this? And showed the website of family office of one of the founders of Nintendo. Right, and it's this like mini metaverse. So I'm like, oh my God, of course. And then I mentioned it in an internal Slack message and somebody said, well, you need to go and have a look at the crypto voxels uh, metaverse. So they send me a link and the link is a coordinate. This is what people need to get across. So people are watching this. The web link is a coordinate to a place in that metaverse. It happens to be at a record store, a vinyl store, which has music playing, vinyl, and you're selling NFTs. So I'm in a physical place in the digital world that somebody sent me to. And then it made me realize, and I could walk around and talk to other people and meet people in that. And it's, it's amazing. Everybody should go to Crypto Voxels, V-O-X-E-L-S, and just walk around and move to places, find out what events are going on. It's kind of literally mind-blowing. But, and everyone here is bored of me saying mind-blowing, but my mind is being blown quite a lot. But what I realized is, in 10 years, there will be no websites in the way that we have websites. Of course not. You're going to give coordinates in a metaverse. So you can create a perfect place for your guests to come to. So you come to visit a website. Well, if you want to come to visit the Real Vision website, well, we want to show our cool merch store and here's some video playing. And hey, you want to meet some of the guys here? You know, all of this stuff. Oh, you, oh and here's our community. is physically represented in these things much better than a 2D website. So I've just realized that every single website is gonna change over time as well. 
to coordinates in the metaverse. There's so much going on. And that's, you know, crypto voxels. It is built on crypto platforms. It's all exchange of value NFT. So OpenSea and all the NFT platforms all operate in it. So do your wallets. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I should add the exponential is crypto's fast and furious rise released today now available on Real Vision Essential and also on Real Vision Crypto, uh, which means it's available to everyone for free uh, if you just go to the Real Vision website and sign up on the crypto tier full access. Yeah, all you need is your email address. You get everything. And if you haven't signed up to Real Vision Crypto, I know I've mentioned it a few times, it's crazy. It's the world's best content on this whole new world. It's being laid out and given to you on a plate. All you need to do is give your email address and be delivered to you. And you'll get the distillery every week to tell you what's been going on because it's hard to keep up. Yeah, extremely hard to keep up. Even for those of us who just do this for a living, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, impossible. Yeah. So, Raoul, I've my, my screen's been lighting up on Dogecoin. What are your thoughts on this? I'm very curious to hear. Let me just throw some statistics out for you, by the way. Uh, now over $40 billion, uh, same market cap uh, as Barclays, up 400% in seven days. I don't know. This is either a stupid bubble or something we don't understand. And I'm going to give those two things equal weighting. Yeah. And when I say don't understand, what happens if somebody decides to use that chain to connect a community and they decide to use, maybe somebody has. Maybe somebody bought a whole load of this stuff to basically control an entire crypto chain because they can do it and you can use it for community tokens or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible that even Tesla have decided to use Doge as their crypto, their, their, their tokenized system. Right. Just hell of it for the fun of it, for the meanness of it. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's just rampant speculation and right. it's all stupid. I have no idea. And i am learned not to pass judgment on this stuff because really, I mean, most people are generally wrong. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting to me. Uh, you know, whenever you look at the valuation of any asset, you always have, uh, you know, indicators that are pro uh, and indicators that are con. But the fascinating thing about the crypto space and with Doge specifically uh, is the complexity of evaluating these. Look, here's the anti-Doge case. It's very simple. Uh, this is a coin that was created as a joke, right, literally. Uh, it's a meme coin. It's up dramatically. It looks like hockey stick growth. And it's inflationary by design, right, it is the opposite of what Bitcoin is. Uh, and the top 10 uh, Doge addresses, according to some coin metrics uh, quoted uh, by Coindesk, 41.3% uh, of all circulating Dogecoin are held by 10 individual addresses. Highly concentrated. These are some very, very, very negative signs. That said, to your point, you know, do you reach a point of scale on this where someone just jumps in, it's so widely held uh, that someone wants to do something interesting with it? 
You can't rule that out. You can't because network effect generally needs two parts. It's not just people buying it. It needs to have application developments. It needs to be an ecosystem. Right? Right. This has, has one side of the ecosystem. It has a lot of people owning it. Right. Okay, well, that's very powerful. As you rightly say, if you can be the other side of that, meaning not the guy who owns these coins, sure, those guys might be doing something, but it's can you apply this community to something else now? That's really interesting. A reverse takeover? Mm. Chain? Hmm, maybe. That said, the only use case right now uh, is that someone might want to buy it back from you at a higher price tomorrow. Well, that's most things, really. Same as a piece of art. True. You know, I, I don't know. So I will, I will amuse myself by watching it, but I will not make past comment on it because I, yeah. I don't know. Because things, too many things are changing. Too many economic models are, are, are being completely rewritten in front of our eyes that anybody who thinks they understand what's going on is lying to themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely a skeptic on Doge, but I have to say, this space in general... It, and I'm a skeptic on Doge, but I'm not going to say... what I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. So I'm just skeptical in terms of, it's not for me. Do your own homework, kids. You understand that this is a something that has, in the usual construct, no value. <laughs> But maybe we're the chumps, and before you know it, Taylor Swift turns it into her community. I have no idea. Right. Yeah, two points. Uh, the first is that there are a lot of people out there, retail investors, who are speculating in this, and they will often say, well, you know, Elon Musk owns this, uh, and Mark Cuban owns this. I can assure you that if Doge goes to zero, neither Elon Musk uh, nor Mr. Cuban are going to have problems paying their rent. They're not going to have to send the email to the landlord saying, I'm very sorry, I'm going to be a little late this month. Uh, and the, the speculative part of this cycle is now starting to really get underway. Yeah. And there will be a lot of FOMO. I mean, I'm struggling with it myself. I mean, everything is going to go up, and it's going to go up, overusing the word, exponentially. And people are going to be shocked at what's about to happen, and people will make mistakes with their money. And, yeah. you know... It's all well and good. There is a money-making opportunity in all of this. There really is. But just don't take risks. You can't run because you think it's your one chance. It's not the one chance. There's a whole universe that's being built in front of us. You don't, yeah. need, to, you don't need to make it all in one trade. So take the risks you're comfortable with. Participate in the glory of a full speculative frenzy in the middle of an exponential rise of an asset class. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful moment in time. But realize that speculation will run riot. There will be a, there will be the downward uh, counteracting move to that speculation, which is a bust, and then we'll start all over again. Yeah, you know, to that point, in terms of concentration, and it's not a one trade type of situation. Uh, Kathy Wood, Arc F, uh, the fi the fintech uh, innovation ETF run by Kathy Wood, uh, invested in CoinDesk, zero point two five percent of her portfolio. In in Coinbase, uh, in 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 Coinbase, yes. In and now, and when was that? Now or uh, uh, two days ago, when the trade report came out at, at the, at the was, listing. Right. Well, we just we don't know. We just know the trade report said Coin Coinbase zero point two five percent. So the point is, when professionals make bets, they're very careful and very thoughtful about their positioning. Yeah. 
and yeah. their sizing. Yeah. Um, look, it's the Wild West. And it's not the Wild West because everybody's a scammer. It's the Wild West because none of us have been here before. It's a new discovery of this new world. And it's going to get crazy for a while. Yeah. Just don't be too stupid. Don't, yeah, you know, in many ways, the, the flip side of exponential growth is radical uncertainty, radical unpredictability, uh, and radical humility required to understand and participate. Yeah. I mean, as everybody keeps pointing out, Amazon has been an exponential curve since it started. And it's had so many kind of 80, 90, 30, 40, 50% pullbacks. It's ridiculous. And that's, it's, it's, it's a function of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Raul, what else is on your mind? I don't know. We, we're going to have some questions. What to the questions? All right, let's hit them up. While, we, uh, while I find the uh, document, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts uh, on, uh, on the uh, price right now of Bitcoin and Turkey? Turkey banning cryptocurrency payments, not the possession of cryptocurrency, but use as a payment mechanism. In many ways, this is the Ray Dalio fear scenario um, about how governments can intervene to present, prevent people uh, from using assets like Bitcoin on a regular basis. By the way, I should say, Turkey's latest inflation print last week, I believe, 16% macro meets crypto. Exactly. And don't forget, why is Turkey doing this? Turkey's doing it because there is capital flight and they can't fund their deficit. The capital flight is, the crypt, is money leaving the country using crypto rails. So they're just trying to stop it. I understand why. Um, it's them trying to reassert their authority over the capital markets. But as we've learned, with a distributed network that is digital and owned by nobody and everybody, it's very, very difficult to stop. I mean, never forget, China's gone down this route. India's tried this route. Turkey's gone down this route. I mean, everybody's got to go at it. But, you know, you can't, you cannot break a network. You can't. Yeah. I guess it's the Soros quote. If something should have died many times in the past and it hasn't, you need to look at it and figure out why. And maybe that's what I mean by Dogecoin as well. I'm not joking. <laughs> if it hasn't died, why? Yeah. I could be dead wrong. Oh. Interesting. So our first question comes to us from Bumboo. Uh, the question is, Ralph, I don't do any doge, by the way. Let's be absolutely clear, and I don't recommend it. Carry on. <laughs> Full disclosure made. First question comes to us from Bumboo. The question is, in Ralph's presentation, he said he did not expect to see inflation. Can he please explain why? Is it demographics or something else? So I explained it in the video, and I've explained it numerous times before. There are some massive waves that stop wages increasing wages the lack of wage increases generally means that purchasing power is not able to increase prices in the generalized economy so what is doing that is the fact that record number of people baby boomers came into the workforce at the same time then 40 years later their kids came in However, 70, 60 years later, their kids came in. Basically, we got two largest demographic bulges in all of history in the labor force at the same time. Net result, wages don't go up. Right. Then you add, oh, and by the way, you guys, all of you massive pool of people fighting for jobs, you need to compete with those Chinese guys, and those Indian guys, and those Brazilians. And while you're doing it, while you're all fighting over these jobs and the wages, 
that robot over there wants your job too, and that AI software. And we're going to make it a little more difficult to you. We're going to give you a massive amount of debt as well. So you're really constrained by this huge amount of debt whilst not seeing your salary go up and competing against all of these people and the robots and the AI. Right. That is why the world is so goddamn deflationary. Yeah. Um, so what we're seeing now is cyclical inflation based on supply issues, whether it's in agricultural commodities that are in a structural, plummeting, ongoing bear market that's been going on for decades. Metals, copper is being changed into this new narrative around uh, EV because of the globalized mandates. You don't have enough copper. That's going up. Is that inflation or is that a different demand source for an asset? It's not a generalized inflation. Uh, so there's stuff like that. There's mixed narratives. So I think cyclical inflation, of course, you're at the point in the cycle where you'll see some inflation pick up. I yeah. do not believe it can stick unless something dramatic changes. Yeah. So many excellent points. So well said. AI is a topic we're going to be hearing about a great deal more. It's so interesting. You know, the last wave of automation when it was factories and robots, you saw the consultants and the finance folks saying, oh, this is just the way the economy works. You, you need to adapt and you need to adjust. And now it's their jobs on the table. So we're going to have to see uh, how that narrative unfolds. Yeah, it's everybody's jobs are on the table. And all of the Chinese workers or Indian workers who are undercutting their jobs too. Right. So as technology is moving, we'll say it again, at exponential speed. AI, right. by definition, is exponential. It's exponential in the speed that it learns. It's exponential in the speed that it gets adopted. The, more, the faster it gets adopted, the faster it's going to displace jobs globally. People yeah. cannot get their heads around the speed of change that is happening right now. It is going to create economic miracles and economic problems, yeah. of which we will have to solve by a new global new infrastructure that has to deal with this, whatever that means. And I don't even know what it means. Um, but exponential AI, exponential robotics put into a globalized workforce, which is non-exponential, is a huge change. Right. And by the way, with regard to EM, the same path, the same infrastructure, the same processes that led to workflows being able to be offshored, being able to be outsourced, now being used to feed the work into these AI algorithms. So for folks in AI, uh, in EMs, uh, it's the technology giveth and the technology taketh away. Yes, but what's also happening is many of these EM emerging market economies are starting with less of the existing creaky infrastructure that, that they're like at the world 20 years ago. So their adoption of this stuff is fast. Like, yeah. You chart on Bloomberg, like the Indian adoption of mobile phones. I mean, right. it is insane how fast that went. Yeah. I mean, insane. From like 1995, where there was like 30 per capita, 20 per capita, it went to 125 per capita in like 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, that's 1.3 billion people. Incredible. Yeah. And then on top of the network, this is network effects again. On top of the network, they then built a digital money system, a digital payment system, a digital authentication system for ID. All of this is coming. Um, and if you've been following on 
Twitter, Balaji has been talking a lot about this. All of the stuff that's happening with, within India and digital India, it's gigantic. And that happened because of the network effects of mobile phones have built right. multiple network effects. And as I've talked about before, one guy basically owns it all, which is Reliance and Mukesh Ambani. You know, that, I cannot see a world where that Reliance is not worth a trillion dollars in five years. I, I, I can't imagine that world because he owns, he owns the data, the mobile phone networks. He owns the applications layers. I mean, just literally everything. And he generates electricity as well, as far as I'm, well, he, he generates refining, but it's a huge, huge part of all of this. And yeah, we can see that. And that's gonna be played out in every country in the world. Yeah. And so much faster the adoption curve than here in the United States because there wasn't the legacy infrastructure. It was a leapfrogging effect. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, don't forget India went to this digital payment system. Nobody else can do that yet. The U.S. just simply can't get there. But India just did it overnight. Right. And, yeah. And it works. Yeah, UPI works fantastically. It's an instant transfer system with no middleman. It's amazing. Right. Talking of, yeah, talking of which, on a related point, here's a great question from MKS. Uh, during the Great Depression, an increase in savings was partially to blame as it took money out of the circulating supply. Could something similar happen with Bitcoin and the hodlers? My issue with this, I think this is a very interesting question, is in the end, Bitcoin is deflationary. Right. Why it's deflationary is right now, and I, this is a point I've been trying to make, is there is no point owning any other asset because Bitcoin is outperforming everything. So what is it doing? It's creating money that I don't want to put into anything else. So it's creating a super deflation in Bitcoin terms of everything. And yes, it will take money out of the system, but it's not big enough yet. You know, it's how much of actual savings versus you know, price appreciation is in there. My guess is there's like a few hundred billion of new capital and you know a trillion and a half of of um of price appreciation because of the limited supply um construct of bitcoin and the market so so throw in a trillion dollars or two trillion dollars starts to become a meaningful source of savings that can be an issue for the global economy yeah here's another great question from ben picking up on the point earlier about turkey uh, will other countries join Turkey to ban crypto purchases or, or transactions? Uh, uh, will that develop into a full all-out ban? Uh, and if so, what happens to the cryptoverse? I know you have some thoughts about this, uh, about it being sort of in, brought into the system. Tell us, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but let's assume it does, right? Let's move away from my world, which is I think they're happy to have a another unit of account or savings vehicle. Um, so let's go to the world where everybody bans it. So global ban, Bitcoin cannot be used. Right, so how do you stop it, right? So we've all got a Bitcoin in our wallets and we just be quiet about it now for a bit. They're not taking it away, they can't take it away, they can't figure it out, there's nobody to, there's nobody to take it to prison, there's nothing you can do, right? So the network goes quiet for a bit. And then somebody over there goes, <clears throat> maybe they're Russia, we're not gonna ban it. Come over here, the water's lovely. And then capital, whoosh. Yeah. Oh no, come over here, the water's lovely. Somebody, 
in behavioral incentives make it very difficult and game theory makes it very difficult to globally ban uh, one of the largest fastest moving groups of capital on earth yeah and by the way all you need to do is keep your seed phrase in your head and there's no way to stop you crossing the border with it you don't have to sulk uh, diamonds into your shoes uh, or uh, stuff your suit filled with gold bars you just walk across the border yeah exactly yeah yeah and you know there's enough layers of privacy that can be had in that ecosystem that it would just drive it underground. So yeah. I think it's a preposterous thing. Yes, different nations will ban it for different times because they have to. It's like saying, did you see Turkey banned gold? Yes, for the same reason. Did you see that Turkey banned bank transfers out? Yes, right. for the same reason. It's not a picking on crypto. It's like, please don't blow up our currency. We're running out right. of money. That's what's going on. It's yeah. not a crypto thing. It's just Please don't destroy our currency. Yeah, you could say it's just an emerging market capital control story. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, from Sullage, uh, could this crypto cycle last longer than the previous one since there's been huge exponential growth and public awareness this time? Yes, I think it may go further in price than people expect. That's one potential uh, because of the dynamics of the limited number of sellers and the massive amount of buyers. I mean, what world happens if the ETF comes whilst most of the institutions get get um, approval to trade it? I mean, it's going to get disconnected in price. I, I don't see any way around it. There's no way of changing that mechanism. So you're going to get discontinuity, discontinuity in price to the upside. Mm. So um, I think it probably goes further. Does it go longer? I have no idea, probably hmm. just suck as many of us in as possible before it then rolls over again and thrashes <laughs> us for being for thinking there was no cycle. So I, I don't know. You know, the good thing about the crypto space is kind of everybody knows there's a cycle. Yeah. And you kind of have to laugh at the facts is that you're never going to pick the top. You will probably you'll either get out early or you will lose a bunch of what you thought was money is now not because you've given it back. And people are pretty prepared for it. And the more people get familiar with the fact that it goes up and down a lot over time and that there are cycles, the better people are prepared for the risks that they're running. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why you and some of the other macro guys have been so on point in this space, because decades, you see these cycles, you see them in different asset classes, different geographies, different permutations, and you know that it's going to rhyme. Well, in most, what's bizarre is in most asset classes, the cycle is driven by the supply and demand. A demand dynamic. You know, shale oil was a classic example. You know, world was running out of oil. They suddenly then so the oil price is up at $140. Shale comes along, oil price reconnects down to 30 bucks and then to zero. Um, and then what happens is a bunch of shale people come out and the price starts coming. That's commodity cycle. It's old as money, probably. The crypto cycle, what's interesting, why the macro guys love it. It's built into it. <laughs> it's like, really? It's actually built in. So it's tradable and predictable and understandable. Does it mean we get a cycle the next time around? Does it the end of this cycle? I don't know, but it kind of works like magic. And it's hilarious because it's a cycle that everybody knew was coming. It's like, oh, start investing on this day and then take your money out on this day and you'll make 50x. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. I'm sure it will never work like this again but kind of just laugh at the fact that it has worked so spectacularly. 
One of the things that's so fascinating about this space is that seems completely obvious to you, might not be so obvious to someone on the computer science side and vice versa. Things that seem obvious to them in terms of the way that networks work might not seem obvious to uh, to, to you. And, and that's what's so fascinating about this space is that it's this weird, just kind of like, it's like the, it's like the Star Wars bar, right? You've got all of these just people who are totally different backgrounds and you come together and these amazing things get spun up. Yeah. And, you can see that people don't really understand what each other's talking about, but they kind of respect that they probably know something about something they don't know. That's what I love about this space. It's like yeah. we've all walked into this new world. They're like, what do you do? Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Well, I do this. And the other person goes, oh, that's interesting. I have no idea what that is, but we're all here together. What do you fancy doing? Should right. we go drink? I mean, that's what the crypto world is. It's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And in many cases, brilliant people on both sides it's of the conversation. Here. I can't believe what's going on to me. I mean, like, well, I'm a music fanatic. I end up, and I'm not going to reveal any names, but I'm I'm now having conversations with some of the biggest artists in the world and their management yeah. because well, I spoke about NFTs, about the music industry, and now everybody wants to speak to me about it yeah. because I'm now suddenly an expert. It's hilarious, and I, I love it. The world has become one degree of separation from literally anybody in this space. Because every single person I speak to is like, okay, this is a game changer. Who do I need to speak to? Because right. I don't know. I've turned up in this new world. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what anybody does. Can you help me? And everybody's doing the same. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Bankers, bass players, and celebrity reality television stars hanging out in the same virtual space. It's pretty cool. And I've spoken to all of those this week. <laughs> and, and billionaires and students. Right. All this week. Just a week. A week in the life. A week. Maybe even the last two days. <laughs> Here's a question from Jerk that I wish I was smart enough to answer. Uh, in what ways will AI and crypto converge? I don't know. Mm. But of course they will. Right. Because when you've got a system that learns things and you've got a network of money, it is obvious that those two are going to go together. Now, whether that's trading strategies, of which AI is standardly employed in many, yeah, or whether it's behavioral strategies, um, who the hell knows? But somebody will figure it out. There'll be some guy at Stanford or MIT now, okay, now obviously this is what you do. We're building a platform yeah. to do this. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's already converged on the trading side, certainly. But I think to your point, you know, the two things I would say is, one, it's a certainty that it's going to happen. Uh, and number two, it's going to happen in unpredictable ways. And that's what's so fascinating about the space. And it's probably going to happen in the metaverse. <laughs> it's probably going to happen in the metaverse. And, and you know, again, I urge people, I've said it before, crypto voxels and some of these other metaverses, I think you'll be surprised how advanced they are, how many buildings are up, how many experiences are going on, parties that are going on, people you can talk to. You're walking around the streets, meeting people. It's kind of weird. And right now, it all is novel, but my guess is it won't be very novel in 10 years. It's like when we first saw web pages, they were like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And they were a bit crappy, didn't quite work. Um, and now we're using right. a browser to walk into a metaverse that connects to another metaverse. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. And by the way, the people who were building those web pages in the 90s, uh, while the rest of us were maybe not as engaged as we should have been, were saying, this is the future you don't understand. <laughs> what does piss me off that I think this space is going to solve mm-hmm. is Epic Games. Epic Games, you know, Pierce Kicks told us about Epic Games. They're one of the big players. They've just raised, I don't know, it was another billion dollars. And none of us are going to get a look in. And it's going to go public, like Coinbase did. And by the time Epic Games go public, it'll be like a quarter of a trillion dollar company. And we will not participate. And that is not right, that it accretes to VCs who only can run money for accredited investors and larger pools of capital. This has to change. It's not fair that we can't participate. But this is where crypto is becoming more interesting because you right. can participate. And th- this should not happen. I'm sorry, but whatever you think the securities laws are doing, you are making the rich richer and the poor poorer for not being able to participate in stuff like this. Um, you know, we don't get a look in. And what the VCs have been doing is been going public later. So they've been going public later. So the public, by Coinbase at $110 billion. Now, could Coinbase be worth half a trillion dollars in a year's time or t- t- 10 years' time? Sure. sure. But somebody's extracted zero to $110 billion out of this. And that is not right. And, you know, when I look at, you know, stuff like FTX and um, even Binance, there are ways of participating. They're not pure equity. They're not straight. I understand that Binance, you know, basically forks Ethereum did stuff, but there's, but you're participating in the ecosystem um, and there needs to be more ways for people to do that because you cannot do that. You cannot extract 110 billion of value before you give it to the public. That's criminal. Well, yeah, and to precisely your point, companies were going uh, would go public far earlier. And now that there are these vast pools of VC capital out there, uh, they don't. And so it's something that there's probably going to be a technological component, which is going to involve almost certainly tokens. And there's probably going to be some legal and regulatory reform as well. I mean, guess why Andreessen Horowitz are all in on this, on tokens. They change the structure of the firm around this. They know it too. There's, the, the VC model is going to implode very fast because of what's about to happen. Again, it's not this cycle, but it's coming. Um, and there will be no reason to have VCs who basically are the networkers between capital and uh, businesses when you have public markets for it. And it's called crypto market. Yeah, very well said. Here's one that comes to us from Paul. Uh, As NFTs are enabling a new way for content owners to monetize content, are we going to see uh, a repricing of firms who own a lot of content? And this is an interesting one. Uh, An example would be AT&T, which owns WarnerMedia. I suspect Paul knows that you were a little bit bearish on AT&T. Well, interestingly enough, they may or may not have reached out to me to talk about NFTs, as have several big media companies. Because I think everybody is realizing that there is a back catalog. But again, just because you've got a back catalog and you've got an NFT doesn't change the value proposition. Right? Because you can just sell it on a website. It doesn't change the value proposition. What changes the value proposition is if you create scarcity. So if you were to restrict 
Jungle Book to only a thousand people, how much is Jungle Book worth to you? Might be worth a lot of money to somebody, you know. So people are thinking this is a way that we can just monetize our back catalog. You can do that anyway. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think people are thinking of NFTs wrong. Mm. Yeah. These are such great questions, Ralph. Yeah. Obviously, people who... Time Warner packaged all of the rights to their back catalog, turned it into an NFT to monetize it and participate in that. Then that'll be interesting. But single pieces of content, I don't think it's going to move the dial. Mm. Yeah. It's such great questions. Uh, you know, and obviously people who are really listening to the Real Vision content, thinking it through and framing their own questions based on the, the context and the discussions that we're having on Real Vision Crypto and on Real Vision uh, on Real Vision. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, brilliantly, there was a I haven't watched the whole one yet, but a bunch of guys on the exchange, which is, you know, where people get together and create the hive mind. I mean, three people that interviewed had a, a three-way chat about NFTs, of which, you know, there's real experts in that space. I don't know if you saw that today that came out. Again, fantastic content. Nothing to do with real vision, but in our world of brilliant stuff. And Western relentlessly drives uh, engagement in the exchange. I think this new Hive Mind is out uh, uh, this week, which is a great publication. So if you haven't been to the exchange, check yeah. it out. There's always something interesting going on. A lot of questions being answered. It's the place to go to get the kind of questions you're answering me today. You can get a whole Hive Mind community to answer for you, or you can help answer questions that other people are asking. Yeah, sure is. By the way, I sat down uh, with Weston and did uh, a conversation with someone from Israel involved in the Israeli tech scene uh, to talk about the startup nation uh, phenomenon in Israel from an Israeli tech culture perspective. Really fascinating, something that you've probably never heard before on the exchange now. And then to cap it, Weston and I did a 20-minute conversation on top of that where he compared Japan and some of the challenges that Japan has had over the last 30 years to the successes that Israel uh, has had with their startup nation uh, philosophy. That's content you're just not going to see anywhere else. No, it's great. I love it. Love all that stuff. Uh, and there's always something going on, so it's really enjoyable. Yeah. So talking of great questions, Ralph, I've got to ask you, it uh, looks like we're starting to run over time here. Um, I know we're probably going to have to wrap it up soon. Anything else that you wanted to discuss that we haven't hit on yet? No, I think one of the things that, you know, I'm thinking about some of these broader opportunities. And, and again, I've now brought, this is the third video I brought to Real Vision uh, about the um, carbon futures market in Europe. And what I'm trying to do by bringing three videos is say, listen, guys, this is a really good opportunity. Not only is it good to make money because it's structured to go up in price, but it also does good for the world as well by reducing carbon and changing stuff. And I brought the leading team at Citibank, then the leading trader in the world in it, Pierre Andran. And then this week I did a live Q&A with the leading analyst, the thought leader they all look up to, uh, Lawson, in the space yesterday. Um, so when you see something like that, I'm trying to introduce a narrative that I think that you really should focus on. And again, there's ways of trading it like KRBN, which isn't perfect. There's, I think it's GRN in Europe. 
Um, and then there's the uh, MODEC futures, the actual um, uh, EU ETS futures. So there are, and what, what is going on is there is an adoption effect of EV that is going on globally that is going to accelerate over the next nine years as we go into some of these Paris Accord agreements and the EU mandates to 2030. So EV is going to be a big story. Yeah, boy, I'm so glad you asked that because that was a question that uh, Daniel had asked that was in the hopper that we didn't get a chance to get to. So I'm glad we covered that. Yeah, it's a really important thing. It's a great trade. I think it's a stunning risk reward. Yeah. So have a look at it. Well, we're going to let people go so that they can get home and hang out with their families. Not going to keep yeah. them on a Friday night. Absolutely. It's uh, it's getting soon to wine time. So <laughs> it's, it's fair. I still got my mum over, so I need to decide what I'm going to cook for her tonight. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Impressive. I didn't know you could cook, Ralph. Of course. Really? It's a creative pursuit, so therefore I love cooking. <laughs> but of course. Doesn't, doesn't every man? <laughs> no. My refrigerator is completely empty. There's like a there's like a pint of Gatorade in the door, and it's completely empty other than that. I could use it to store finance books. <laughs> Raul, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching. I'm just thinking what kind of person you are, I'm, and I, I'm not sure I want to go there. <laughs> we'll see when I come out of hibernation. I'm not sure I remember. I'm just worried there's like dead cats in your fridge or something. <laughs> Who knows? No, it's immaculate. It's just empty. <laughs> Completely empty. You know, my mother came to visit me once at college and she was looking to go and grab a glass or something to get water out of the sink. And she opened up one of my kitchen cabinets and like a cascade of books fell onto her. Are you, oh, you haven't seen them. Have you seen the um, series Humans? I have not. It's fantastic. It's basically, it's basically the the, the story of the singularity, essentially, or to, okay. moving towards it, and the the, the humanoids called synths. One of the things you can tell about a synth is they don't eat. <laughs> so maybe you are a robot, and maybe you are a synth. Maybe you're one of these beings that has been created but now doesn't eat. Hence the empty fridge, because that's what you notice. In the synth, you'd open their fridge, you open their cupboard, books come out. That would be a simple thing to do. It sounds like a perfect conversation for the exchange. It's a good, it's a really good series as well, actually. It makes you really think about it. It's well done. First one starts off a bit like not sure. And then by the time you get through humans, you're like, okay, that was really interesting. Explores every avenue of the moralities, the thoughts, how society acts, what it means about this whole concept. It's great. Yeah. So, Raul, you've had so much to say this week. I want to give you the last word. What would you leave us with? No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention buying Bitcoin. So, I'm going to just say have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.